Information Flow podcast powered by Teletracking. On today's episode, we continue our conversation with Seth Hostetler, Lead Process Engineer, Supply Chain Services for Geisinger, as well as Rob Teachout, Enabling Technologies Workflow Services Project Manager for Teletracking. The two have worked together on the implementation of the Teletracking RTLS system at Geisinger. Let's learn more about the logistics of putting this system in place. Rob, could you share some information about what the implementation process was like and how you helped Geisinger realize benefits quickly, like reducing the amount of time searching for equipment and responding to emergency clinical needs, tracking patterns, tracking movement between departments? Give your insights on those things. That's a great follow-up question to, to what Seth just shared. When we get in front of new clients, we, we, we like to joke with them that we're trying to help them address the four H's, which are hoarding, hiding, hunting, and hoping for equipment. One of the things we do in my group is an initial kind of pre-sales assessment, a utilization assessment on high volume. When we do this, we go to we go room to room and we actually assess whether the devices in the room are actually um, delivering care on a patient. And it is absolutely common for us to come away with uh, hospitals using about 35 to 40% of their infusion fleet at any given time, which means the rest of that fleet is in some other state of transition, whether it's somewhere just in case, whether it's somewhere waiting for some kind of attention uh, for repair or for cleaning, whether it's in an inventory somewhere where it's not necessarily as um, viable to distribute and use. And you can, you can imagine what, what happens when it's time to purchase the next infusion fleet, just as Seth mentioned, and to speak a little bit more about supplemental rental, there is nothing ostensibly wrong with that. It's okay to rent if fleet utilization supports it, because you can imagine seasonal peaks and, and valleys in the distribution of these item types that might justify bringing some in. Uh, one thing the RTLS system does is helps you keep your finger on the pulse of those rental devices as they flow through your facilities so that you can retrieve them and get them out of there and stop billing on them as soon as they're no longer necessary to satisfy demand. And then the other thing that comes to mind is these item types that are not necessarily as high volume. Uh, maybe they can be shared between units. Maybe you don't need as many. Uh, something like a bladder scanner comes to mind, which is always um, kind of a hot button for nurses because they can never find the bladder scanner. If you know where a bladder scanner is and it's not necessarily as commonly used item, you can share one of them between several local units, that sort of thing, instead of having to satisfy this perception of a need for one in every in every place. And then you can certainly extrapolate that thinking across all sorts of devices in the, in the facility. Um, a lot of the decisions to talk to us in the first place are loss-driven, um, high volumes of loss. Uh, maybe they're looking at their numbers for what was required because of the ability to locate for the previous years and see that they need something to sort of stop bleeding in terms of what's leaving the facility without their understanding of where it's going. Um, a lot of this clinician-driven, just frustrations in, I need to put my hands on this equipment type when I need it, and I'm not able to do that, so we either need to go this way of purchasing or renting more, or we need a, a better technology around where these devices are located. So implementing something like this is a pretty significant change for the for the people that are on the front lines. If you're used to, uh, what is it, hiding, hoarding, and hoping, it's a big change now to, to shift to something like this. 
Can you share what you did as far as training and, and things you did to help with change management and staff engagement? It is a big change. I think at, here at Geisinger, and we had a very phased rollout, not necessarily intentionally, but really more budget driven. So it's not as though we came out and deployed at a, um, I'll say a bed level granularity in every hospital for all 14,000 assets on day one. We really focused on some of our heavy use areas and the heavy use asset classes. It allowed us to, I think, maybe in some ways slowly ingrain the use of the the RTLS, right? When you're starting, say, just with IV pumps and then you're getting to the the SCDs and, and maybe even things like wheelchairs were one of our early adoptions. We really wanted to focus on those those assets that people are frequently asking about and then it was a lot of just hands-on education. Obviously, we can't meet with every frontline user, but it's really working with the staff that are looking for those assets the most, your unit desk clerks, or maybe your, your nursing assistants on the floor, and really showing them the benefit that in the time savings, right, in the, in the headaches. And the quicker they're able to find these assets, the happier the rest of their staff on the floor is. So it's really about, at least for us, it was kind of consistent and repetitive education, not necessarily daily, but uh, circling back every couple months to, to see if people had questions or were people still using it and reminding them the benefits. And, and I think once they realized the benefits, it was a, a fairly quick adoption at the, the front line. And then and then obviously I'll say to the, the back end users, it, it was less of a, a sell, if that's the right way to say it. But right. So our supply chain distribution team and our uh, clinical engineering biomed team both quickly adopted the use of it because it was greatly beneficial to them for the distribution folks. They no longer had to. Uh, wander the hospitals looking for assets when needed. For our biomed team, they utilize the RTLS to help them find assets when they need to be PM. So that saved them a lot of time, really able to narrow in on the location of, of assets. So they're not also wandering the hospital looking for that last pump to get a software update. Really, it is. It's kind of consistent education over time and follow up and really just working with the users so that they feel the value and the benefit. And then it's less of a a new thing and more of a thing that's actually helping them. I think I would add on to that. His team are modest because they are, they are a good mature site and they have a lot of good processes for training and onboarding. But I think one of the things that this kind of does really well in particular is the maintenance of the system to keep people's confidence high in it. Because it is not just a set it and forget it system. There is, it's an active system which requires battery changes, uh, maintenance when you do construction in a, in a facility. If the, if the floors change, there's some maintenance that needs to come with that to be sure the system is updated accordingly. Um, Geisinger is really good at that and I think it does a lot to keep end users' confidence in the system really high as well. I would agree that that probably one of the the biggest lessons learned that we had and probably one of our initial missteps was not completely planning out the PM, the the maintenance of of the actual RTLS devices. We started having some battery failures and realized 
well, changing these when we get the little battery notice, it's going to just, it's going to take a lot more time to go do one at a time rather than looking to integrate those battery changes into to other cycles. Um, and so that was definitely one of the things we changed a few years into our implementation was working with our biomed team, at least for all of the assets that they manage, that they would be doing our battery changes for the RTLS whenever they do the, the regular PMs on, on the asset. And so that's been uh, very beneficial to the system. And that's as we've expanded use cases and gotten other users of our system, such as uh, IT or, or EVS, we've made sure to to be very clear and to kind of define ownership and what the, the, the maintenance is. It's not a lot, right? It's It doesn't take long to change a battery, but if you don't do it and it goes dead, that's where Rob said you, you start to lose confidence from your end users. I would say uh, make sure you have that plan to, to start your battery changes in a couple years. You've had such a great experience and you've made so much progress with the technology. What are the next steps? What are what's in the future? Our future and, and really a little bit of our past has been continuing to use the asset tracking the best we can, bring on new asset classes, kind of branching out from the, the traditional biomed. For instance, our IT group in the last uh, few years deployed iPads for, for all inpatients. Uh, and, and so we actually have RTLS tags on those iPads in case they walk out of patient rooms so that we can uh, find them. As a little bit of a side note, just having an RTLS tag on the iPad is a little bit of a theft to turn in itself, just that physical presence. But oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely been helpful for them. We've also used the asset tracking a little bit beyond its, its asset purpose and using um, some, some staff locating, looking at process flows, workflows, uh, we've branched more uh, into some of the patient and staff locating technologies that, that teletracking also has through their XT platform. Uh, so we use at one of our hospitals, we're using our RTLS for hand hygiene monitoring of, of staff, eye-opening, helpful. We also, through the COVID process, were able to do contact tracing when we had a couple small staff outbreaks. We were able to, to really hone in on where those co-interactions were. Uh, one of the great benefits even before COVID is we have a couple of our hospitals, we have both patient and sorry, inpatient and staff locating occurring. And if we have a patient admitted who then um, later tests positive for, say, TB, we can then actually look and uh, alert our employee health of which staff members were in contact with that patient and ensure they get the proper testing. So there's a lot of kind of ancillary benefits as you use the RTLS for more. One of the other things that's infrequent, but is, has been helpful when we needed it with patient locating is finding lost patients. I'll say we didn't necessarily lose them, but there are some patients who may wander off. We've been able to look at quickly into the system and, and, and specifically search on that patient's RTLS badge and very quickly find them. 
one of those items that's hard to be a, a selling point by itself to implement the RTLS. But the, the more use cases that we've been able to show and deploy, the easier it is for us to justify expansion of our RTLS to some of our other hospitals, uh, and even just expansion to a more granular level where we were in the two hospitals we initially deployed, many of our nursing units were at a kind of a departmental level. Uh, we weren't able to have that granularity to each patient room. But after a couple of years, we realized that'd be a great benefit to be able to find these IV pumps quicker. Uh, and oh yeah, it also gives us these other benefits that we've now realized we can gain by using the RTLS in these, in these other ways. Continuing to, to look at those process flows for our assets, but I don't want to say focus, but many of our new use cases are coming from outside that supply chain biomed really, I think, fulfilled and, and, and uh, are managing most of the assets that move through there. And now we're helping uh, and looking at other groups, say EVS is one of the departments we've had some discussions with about can we look at some of their workflows by looking at the movement of their trash hoppers or the cleaning carts to see the different flows and try to maybe improve the pathways they take to get the same amount of work done but do it more efficiently. Uh, I think that's really where we're going next is much more in the, the the workflows for clinicians and other ancillary groups, UVS, even respiratory therapy, uh, some of those groups that maybe travel throughout the hospital, can we utilize that RTLS to collect data, review it, and then um, improve their 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 workflows? Yeah, we we have a saying at teletracking that better never stops, and uh, Seth, it certainly seems like that's what you're doing at Geisinger. Yeah, it really is. You know, we've made the investment. And so our mission, my mission from the engineering side, the process improvement side is we have the investment in the infrastructure. Why don't we use it in as many ways as possible? We have this visibility that other hospitals may not. So let's capitalize on it and tell others how we're using it. So maybe that their adoption is quicker and cleaner and then they can get out of the gate with more use cases to, to help with that ROI. But yeah, absolutely. The, the more we can use it, the better is our position. Thank you for listening to the Patient Flow Podcast powered by Teletracking, bringing you insightful conversations with the leading experts in patient flow.